Cool. Okay. okay. You can start. In this episode of the Madhouse Podcasters, we talked to Maria Kibera, an architect based in the Netherlands currently, and we asked her about her processes and all the cool things she's been up to. So, like, not wasting time, uh, just, like, share with guys who you are, what you'll be cooking up, you know, the whole nine yards. I don't know what you'll be up to. It's, you're just laughing. And you right, go. Right, right, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You think Hello? about it. <laughs> oh, I wish we should have recorded a video for this podcast because, like, you went like. Anyway, I was asking. Uh, no, just introduce you yourself. Actually... Just introduce yourself. Sorry, just introduce yourself. Oh, interesting. Share with guys. Okay, okay. Tell them what you do, what you're up to. But you're skipping. Your your sound is skipping. My sound is skipping. Is this better? I'm okay. Uh, Oh, you said I'm You introduce yourself. Yes. My name is Maria Kibera. <laughs> My name is Maria Kibera. I am 29 years old. Okay, old. <laughs> Turning 30 this year. Yay! Old, old woman. Yeah, pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is me in a nutshell, I guess. Yeah, so what no do you do? Details. Like, no details. No. Sorry. Yeah, you know, so, you know, it's a crazy asylum podcast, but that's I know all about like cool things people yes, do, and I know I you know. do some pretty cool things, so yeah. Can you just tell people the cool things you've been up to? Like, start with the current one, and then we'll go back in history. Cool, but... Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, okay. Um, currently, currently, I am working in a special strategy and design firm. Okay. in the Hague okay. and um, they deal mainly with um, spatial strategies um, resilient cities designing for resilient cities and um, water water-based design um, public space design um, urban design on a, on a small scale as well as on a larger scale uh, we use a lot of GIS uh, mapping tools uh, the software and um yeah so in a nutshell that is it we we work mainly with the uh, municipalities which are like town councils i guess okay and um, yeah and cool. private companies but mostly municipalities because a lot of public space design is usually public and that usually falls into the realm of um government Okay, 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 okay. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. So could you tell us how you how this whole cool journey started? Uh just show us. Just like a quick okay. I mean you can summarize, can't you summarize? How you started. No, I can I cannot summarize. You want to go into detail, eh? Like where you started. How the school started. Yeah. How this school no 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 no. I'll I'll give a I'll give a basic uh, summary. Yeah. Um yeah, I started in of course Uganda. I did my bachelor's in, in environmental design in Uganda and um, after which I did uh, four years uh, working experience in the architecture field okay. uh, within Uganda and also on projects within East Africa okay. and I, in particular we were working I was working with a, a company called uh, FBW okay. and we were working on the Aga Khan um, University in, in Dar es Salaam that was huge 
huger than than like it was bigger than our usual like one building project and that okay. really really in interested me into uh design on a larger scale designing okay. for groups of buildings not just mm -hmm. one building i mean mm. yeah so um after three to four years working there I, i decided to do my master's in urban planning and policy design okay at politecnico di milano in italy and yeah And while there was, I mean, it was an amazing experience. I can't um, deny. I I studied a lot of uh, policy framework, policy analysis, and as well as um, understanding basically how, because urban planning on a larger scale has has to do with uh, basically designing principles and guidelines that um, uh, what are these called that con contractors or developers then follow. Because usually a developer will come and say, I want to build this um, housing estate yeah. in this particular place. And mm. they'll hire an, an architect, right, to, to say, okay, I'm going to build this and mm. that. And mm. they have to get in touch with the government. Yeah. And the government says, okay, this this zone has these particular rules and guidelines that you need to follow the water passes here and stuff like this. And mm. you, you can't design past a certain height in this area. And maybe it's a residential area or maybe it's a commercial area. Mm. So basically formulating these principles and, and tools that um, developers will then later use was basically what I was trying to understand and grasp and oh, okay. how to do so in a sustainable manner. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So okay. yeah, while while I was in um in Italy, I, I got the chance to do a one year um double degree course in um China. Okay. Which of course I took on because um I figured hey it's almost the fastest growing economy that I know in terms of yeah. urban planning. Yeah. They have cities that come out of the blue literally, <laughs> not, not out of the blue, but yeah. they they really develop super quick yeah. and. That, that that caught my eye, that caught my attention, and I was like, I, I, I need to be there. This is where I need to be. Yeah. And so I went and I, I, I did one year there, and yeah. it was amazing. It was such an amazing experience. I did some internships in uh, a couple of urban design companies yeah. while there. And yeah, I was by the time I came back, I was just super energized to to keep working, in the, okay. to keep practicing what I had learned, so, yeah. which is what I'm now doing. Um, yeah. Cool. And I so, also think there's yeah. there's um the, the Netherlands is, is is an amazing place to 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 practice this as well because um it's one of the well planned cities okay. at least in Europe and uh, it's known for its um amazing bike paths and, and stuff and pedestrian oriented design mm. and all that and more which is kind of lacking in our context <laughs> in africa yeah. <laughs> we just put a house where we want allegedly i don't know if that's true but i guess we blame some people mm. we, oh we just blame ourselves uh so i just wanted to ask what are the like what is like the i like to talk about challenges and how you like overcome challenges So you're asking me what are the challenges I'm facing and how yeah. to overcome them? Yeah, uh, especially let's start from like, let's, let's break it down to three parts. Is it possible? Mm -hmm. Like, let's talk about like the F at one challenge from the FBW days, like designing like, like, like bigger projects, like as you're working at FBW. And then, and then like, and then like just transitioning from that to like 
going back to school and then like balancing that school and then also just navigating that whole dynamic as you're trying to learn these new superpowers of yours? Um, well, to start with, I think working at FBW was was an amazing experience. I think for me, it was the right move to do after undergraduate, after my mm-hmm. bachelor's, mm-hmm. because I learned so much at FBW, so, so much. I mean, it was very challenging in the sense that I was literally fresh from, from uni. My ideas were not yet like refined. Mm-hmm. My drawing skills were not yet refined. So it was a lot of learning. I feel like FPW nurtured me a lot. Okay. They, they taught me so much that I, I am forever grateful to them. And I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way if I was to turn back the hand of time. I mean, the way in which they work is very um, legit. <laughs> I don't know if I can say it in a better way, but it's, it's, it's really unique. Is it intense? I like it. They're, um, it is intense, of course. I mean, I think in in this field, in the architecture field or in the urban planning field, generally, I think in the creative design field, yeah. it's always intense okay. because as soon as you have deadlines, it's it's, it's uh, which is almost I think every other week, it gets super intense. So, I mean, there are ways of coping. I mean, I coped because, um, of course, I, I kept saying, okay, I'm not alone in this. I have God. And I'm not working out of my own strength. I'm not working, I'm not using my own wisdom and stuff. But I mean, God has provided me this super, super amazing talent. So I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that was my main coping mechanism. But it it was always intense. (laughs) Like, I I don't remember it not ever being intense, but it was fun at the same time. Okay. Because the people there were. Pretty fun, yeah. Okay. okay, okay. And then school? Moving from like... Yeah, living... transitioning back to school. Yeah. For me, it was um, not a problem, actually. It was it was super easy to transition me to school, going back to school and stuff. Because I guess... Um, why was it easy for me to transition? No, I'm really trying. I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't have any problems. Oh, you're just too excited, like, like oh, you so oh, it was easy because you were like looking forward to it. Yeah, well, I was. I was actually. I was really looking forward to it, and I mean, the only hard part about it was leaving home. Actually, uh, until yeah. now, I've not gone back home. So, yeah, that was the hardest part. Are they me. calling? Are they saying, "Where's Maria? We want Maria back." <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that was it. But otherwise, I didn't really face so much challenges. Mm. Um, yeah. Cool. And then uh, I just want to understand, like, from coming from here, you know, like coming from two five six. Uh, what are like some of the interesting, like, from a cultural and like, especially from a design perspective, that you maybe had to unlearn and then like learn as we're going through all these stages through your design career. Were there any interesting things from, like, you get, like, from a very Ugandan, let's say, cultural thinking design and how we solve problems with design and then going there and, like, oh, I have to unlearn this because that's not really how things are, how things work. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think the main thing was having to switch from the contextual design that I was used to 
I mean, when you're designing stuff in Uganda, you have to be thinking of the Ugandan climate. You have to be thinking if you're putting trees, you're thinking, okay, if I bring trees and stuff. Yeah. I remember once asking in the, uh, the company I'm working for now, like, yeah. why don't you use this kind of trees and stuff? And they said, those trees don't, are not, the, like, they would eat up the soil, basically, here. And I was like thinking, but they are nice trees. I mean, I, I, they grow back home so nicely and, and they create yeah. such a nice shed. And, you know, if you put them, you know, grow and stuff, they look so nice. Yeah. And it, it didn't, it didn't um, hit me until they explained, uh, like, um, here it's all about ecology. Yeah. You need, they need trees that are not evergreen. They need trees that are going to shed their leaves at some point in the year. Yeah. In okay. winter, they'll shed or in um, fall. The leaves will fall in autumn yeah okay. the leaves will fall and then yeah. they will give back to the earth basically yeah and mm. then in spring they'll come back to life and bloom yeah which we don't exactly have like i mean yeah our trees it's sort of green for it's like... a, yeah yeah I mean, okay. I, you, you know the thing is that i was always proud of this i was always proud of having evergreen trees right yeah but to see it from another perspective was was mind-blowing for me i mean i had to unlearn a lot of as as yeah, I can so also that, see like the balance of systems. It's like as if they're saying the nature and the buildings and everything else sort of balance each other out without a yes. lot of human intervention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, kind of thing. Yeah. But also the way in which they maintain, the way in which they design for maintenance. Yeah. Um, these are things that they think about way before like ah, you've been getting to like at the beginning of the design, you're already yeah. asking you, okay, how can you maintain this thing? Yeah. Stuff, but um, uh, yeah. as compared to I designing for aesthetic, yes, as compared to designing for aesthetic, because I think I that's like, we think do that a lot, lot here where it looks nice in the first yeah, few days, I, then you're like, I Hey, how are we going to maintain that's this the thing? trend? Yeah, that's the trend now, there because the, uh, the a lot of the designs that are coming up are designs that are very um modern, yeah, but are not even really contextual i think i don't know yeah. but yeah anyways uh, basically <laughs> i had to unlearn a little the way i thought about i think the way i saw what was good yeah. and what was bad <laughs> and to, to 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 critique it in a in a sensible way not just to be proud and patriotic and say oh no the mine is better yeah. but yeah oh, that's cool that's cool that's cool i i i'm very interested in like of all the things you've done, I would like to know where you really failed and what you learned from that failure and how it made you like a better designer. Throughout this, this crazy journeys of yours. Yes, because uh, I think for all the listeners, it would be very helpful just to kind of know uh, like a failure, a point where you said, okay, I really failed at this, at, in this time, I really failed and I figured something out or I learned something from that and then I worked on it like this. And now, yeah. Um, I think I can just give an example from when I was working in China. Yeah. I was working for a company called Stefano Poeri Architecti. And he does a lot of green green designs, like buildings with green facades and balconies with a lot of green and stuff. And so so we were designing uh, a science city in Guangzhou. Yeah. in China, in the southern part of China, and there was a lot of work that needed to be done for that project, and mm-hmm. I, I just, I came onto the project when we were usually just beginning, 
and so there was so much to do and so much work to, to stuff and uh, I mean so much work to so many drawings to draw and so we were drawing and stuff and do late nights and the Chinese culture is very different I mean if it's working late they will work super late and I remember one time trying to um, do a particular drawing the way I thought it should be done yeah. and my supervisor kept saying no this is wrong no this is wrong no like 10 times I think he said no this is wrong I was like what the hell like what is correct then like I got frustrated he got frustrated and then he said you know what just go home I said what I did not want to go home honestly because I felt it's unfair to leave them there working and at the same time I did not understand what it was that he wanted but there was so much pressure that there was no room to actually figure out, okay, how, how best can I go about this? How best can I produce something that is sensible and um, creative and at the same time in time, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Not some half-picked, I don't know, good mm-hmm. and without, you know, and also how to interact with people when there's a lot of stress going on and stuff. Yeah. And, and this is my supervisor, right? So you cannot just... <laughs> Up, out, up, up and out of the blue sea uh, dude just, just take your thing man figure it out <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so I think at that point I really felt like a failure actually not like a failure but I, fa- I really felt like I failed and I remember the next day asking him okay look what, what could I have done better like how how best do, would you want me to work with you yeah. what style is better like this is this is this is what I do this is what I'm good at this is how and stuff but how how can we improve what I yeah. what I am already doing mm. so that, that that was the approach I took basically but yeah it was I really felt bad <laughs> during that time yeah yeah anything you learned from that painful experience like a lesson mm-hmm. we could take on from from you wise words yeah, from Maria. I learned- I learned first of all, number one, keep your cool. If everyone around you is running crazy, you gotta keep your cool. Like literally, because if people are shouting at you, not demanding drawings, demanding what, and things are not going right, if you also like if you're if, if you're very fragile and, and, and your ego is easily hurt, yeah. then I don't know, man. I don't know how you can survive because most creatives I know just up and out of the blue this your work, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, just just to be strong in it and say, okay, you know what? Um, I can do better. Yeah, or ask for another chance and say, um, you don't like this. Okay, how can I make it better? Give me another chance. I'll 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 try it again. Even if it's way after, I'm like, you come, you you should seek uh critique after mm. when everything is, has calmed down because usually in the moment when you want to see critique and, and you're like okay but how can i do it how can i do it yeah. the other party is still on a high okay. you understand so mm. wait for things to cool down after the project maybe is done and then say okay um i'm evaluating how i took on this project yeah. how can how can i do things better how can i uh, design better how can i where where are the points that i can grow yeah and in that way you 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 end up growing actually which is something that we do a lot in the company I'm working at now there's a lot of uh critiquing and evaluation after deadlines after meetings which is which is good yeah that's that's nice that's nice so I just want to know now let's talk about exciting things 
as it come yeah like what is like as you are what you're working working on now uh what's like the most exciting stuff to learn and 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 like stuff that just like blows your mind and just like oh, i didn't know that happened it's cool i don't know well yeah. everything i'm working on i knew that happened Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, um what is exciting about working on now? Plus I mean I mean whatever it is by even the traveling and like seeing places and meeting people and learning and growing, I don't know. The whole Well, um a couple of things I guess. One I think would be I'm learning a lot of new software skills and stuff. Yeah. And I mean I wasn't so comfortable with GIS, but Oh, okay, could you explain what GIS is in full for those none? GIS is in full is geographic information systems. It's a okay. tool that basically maps and assesses um, different spatial things. <laughs> okay, we'll take and that. Y- yeah, <laughs> like it would take a while to go deep into it. I mean, yeah. but I was, I mean, I I try to. grasp the most of it during um, my masters but okay. coming to the company mm. um quite recently actually we worked on a project that required a lot of gis um, analysis yeah and it was amazing i mean we we basically mapped out the accessibility of amenities okay. from a project site Oh. basically so basically if 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 this is where um if if i if the project is in point a yeah. from point a yeah. if someone is walking from point a how far would they have to walk to the next bakery to the next supermarket to the next yeah. shop to the next hospital to the next something like this within yeah. five within a five minute radius how many things can they access within a 10 minute radius by walking or by cycling how many amenities can they access how many um, bus stations can they access um, how many metro stations can they access um, so we to basically map that out um, was was interesting i guess and and usually you you can't just draw a radius and say okay this radius is 10 meters and i'm drawing bubbles of 10 meters alone. Yeah, I guess. Bubbles of tenderness. The actual walking You turn left, turn right on the other street and go like this. Mm. So that's what GIS basically does. It it's around the site. Mm. And if you use this route, if you use whatever possible route, mm. in 5 minutes you will reach this bakery this bakery this bakery like this or this okay. shop supermarket and stuff like this so yeah that blew that blew me away honestly it's like designing for people in the city it's like designing for people's needs yeah as compared to like saying yes, hey exactly. it is ours it as compared to saying like I'm the mayor it's my city i design it for me but like saying <laughs> okay that's pretty cool exactly pretty so we're basically saying by putting this new project here and this is how it's going to benefit the area Okay, okay, okay. That's nice. That's nice. We should borrow you. We should bring you back. <laughs> We need your help. <laughs> Ampala has its <laughs> issues. <laughs> How is it that Ampala borrowing? I want Kampala. to come back. Ampala has plan. That's the that's the future goal. Ampala has its back. issues. Guess it's him. I need your help. Uh that's awesome. So, as we conclude this cool podcast and episode with Maria, um I just wanted to ask Uh, I always ask all the guests to share like 
uh, wisdom. Also, for those who don't know, me and Maria have like a history, a very long history. So, uh, yeah, kind of know each other. Yeah, it's weird. But I kind of know you that for such a long time. But uh, I just wanted, I mean, I feel like you've gone even wiser than me. You're older than, I feel like you're like 45 <laughs> and I'm like 30, the 30-year-old here. Lord. Uh, I am very excited. Also very proud of you. What the cool things you've been up to. Um, so yeah, so share some wise words to conclude. Something that you think the listeners, because you know it's the Creative Asylum podcast, all the listeners are creative people uh, of some sort, I guess. Uh, and they just want to I mean, if they if if we bored them for the past thirty minutes, at least let them take this that um, uh, you know something that you could leave with them uh, that you think they can take on as they go and create some coolness in whatever it is that they create here. Okay. Yeah. Um, maybe a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, okay. The first one, of course, um, every good and perfect gift comes from God. Okay. So, whatever gift it is that you have in your hands, use it. Mm. When God asked Moses to go lead the Israelites out of Egypt, he asked, um, Moses said he couldn't, he couldn't, he was not capable, but God asked him, what do you have in your hands? And mm. he said he had a stuff. Mm. So basically, God will use whatever it is that you have, even if it's just... Um, the ability to draw or the ability to imagine beyond what you could ever think of. Mm. I mean, go for it. Um, do not do not um, hold yourself back or be deceived that you're not enough. You are enough, more than enough. And number two, yeah. number two, do not waste any opportunity. Opportunities will come. Some will will come back. Some will not. Yeah. But do not waste, don't waste any single opportunity. Okay. And because when you're exposed, you're more likely to be a better creative person. Yeah. And yeah, so exp- get, get out there, get exposed, go to events, go to, I mean, tour, travel, um, get, get, just get out there. Do not, um, I don't think creatives are people who stay in their cocoons and stay indoors the door around them and they're just drawing on their computer i don't but know maria it's like you don't know me i stay in my cocoon. that's why i'm, I'm directing this to you i'm, I'm encouraging you gabe <laughs> have youtube youtube will expose me to the world and then oh my god no but it's not just about exposing you to the world it's about getting your mind thinking getting your your your, your body and your soul and your whole energetic and and creative vibes flowing basically it's just like exercising i mean when you exercise you feel pumped right so so your creative engine needs needs pumping it needs a lot of fuel and sometimes you need to get out there to to get that Mm, i get it yeah true true i'm I'm learning i'll try to get out creatives creatives get out out of your cocoons i don't know if i have a cocoon but yeah i'll try to travel more (laughs) mary i'm coming to visit you i think Come, come, please. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. come visit. You take me to one of those funds. Of course, you said there's uh, lockdown. Uh, okay, I'll be fine. Uh, yeah, sure. But, so that's it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Maria, for your time sharing with you some uh, your story. What you up to? Cool. Where you've been? Yeah, was, uh, things you've learned. Yeah. 
Okay, and what's the recording? You should say that in your podcast. Okay, I won't stop recording. It's my podcast. You'll be fine. Thank you.